fashion. Don't be scared of fashion is what you're saying. Mm, fashion. On. Hi, Miff. Hi, Zanro. It's our last bang on for a little while. I know. Can you hear the smile in my voice? Not that I haven't. <laughs> not that I haven't loved doing bang on. Not I that love, I don't love you or anything. I, and but... I love you, and I love doing this. But like holidays, uh, I can I can, can smell them. Do you reckon that everyone's just shagged as well? Everyone I talk to is just walking around like a zombie. I know. It's it's. Christmas is like that. This this Christmas New Year, everyone says, oh, it must be great. You know, you get to wind up everything and relax, have a couple of days off. It's like, no, this is pretty much the busiest time of everybody's year. I don't know anyone who's not flat out losing their minds, exhausted and just generally wrecked from the year. So I think everyone's feeling a bit the same. Yeah. Are you? How are I, you yeah, feeling? Yes, I'm feeling very emotional but happy. I know. you got. To, we've all got a lot to – it's a lot of stuff to deal with. I think – Triple J for you and me, double J. Yeah, and I think that that, that thing, it's kind of a mixed bag of, um, I guess, you know, it's bittersweet because we're both going to somewhere that's going to be, you know, new jobs that are going to be really exciting and challenges. It's really important to keep, you know, staying hungry and Mm. doing stuff that you don't know how to do that you've never done before. I'm a big fan of that. But it is also saying goodbye to a place that you love. Both of us are leaving places that we um, absolutely adore working in and that's tough as well. But, um, yeah, it's a... It's busy. It's busy yeah. times. It is. <laughs> God, we're boring. <laughs> this is this. <laughs> Even I'll admit. But we still <laughs> you, have time. You know when you talk about busy and they said, you know, like it's just, you go, we're all the same, aren't we? Everyone's just boring and busy. You know what, though? So a friend of mine said this. I don't know if I've told you this before. A friend of mine once said to me, um, and he is very busy. He's got a very, very busy job, a business that he runs. He said once to me, oh, how are you going, Zan? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm really busy, but I'm good. How are you? He's like, I'm great. And I'm like, Aren't you busy too? He's like, yeah, but telling someone that you're busy infers that they are not as busy as you or they're not as important as you. It was such a good takedown. And it also has always stuck with me because it's true because we're all busy. Everyone's got shit going on. Everyone's busy. And I think that it does have that kind of like, oh, woe is me, you know, just like get over it. Yeah. Get a dog up you. (laughs) What does that mean? Someone was asking me about that. What do we know? And I couldn't explain it. No. No. You can't go there? You know what I it means, don't you? I don't know, but I don't really want to know. If Google's, can you t- find <laughs> out what it means? Let's do that. Get a dog up. I really Am I going to get the sack if I look this up? No, on I just want to know if it's like a warm colloquial term or if it's meaning. total diss that we just use casually. Meaning. Urban dictionary, get a dog up. Get a dog up, yeah. Okay. Ooh, ooh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. It's actually not wrong. Which is a surprise. <laughs> the delight in your voice. <laughs> They're about to not be offensive. Get a dog, dog up here is have an alcoholic beverage, oh, according to the Urban Dictionary. An Australian expression derived from hair of the dog that bit you. Jeez. Get a dog up here is a jovial instruction to take your alcoholic beverage and drink it, similar to cheers. So I maintain what I said, Miff. Get a dog up here. Okay. Well, that's fine. If you can turn it anything into a drink, that's fine. <laughs> no one's busy when they're having a drink, are they? Despite being very busy and very important, we've still had a chance to scan the internet for all the things that you need to know about. That's what Bang On's about. If this is your first episode and you're thinking, what the hell have I stumbled onto? (laughs) Who are these people who can't put a sentence together because it's the end of the year? It's your shortcut to all the things that are going on in the world of music, art, culture, life stuff. And the stuff that's going on this week, I tell you what, I saw just the Twittersphere going nuts about this cat person story mm. for a couple of days before I finally dived into it. It's a New Yorker short work of fiction that was published online and, of course, in the New Yorker, which is still in paper as well, by a writer called Kristen 
Rupenian, I think that's how you say yeah. her name. And the story is that it's a 20-year-old college student. It's a work of fiction. 20-year-old college student by the name of Margot who meets a guy called Robert who's a little bit older than her. They meet via her job at the movie theatre. She works at the mm-hmm. concession stand, like the candy stall, and they go on a date. Um, and sort that's, of, that's after the much texting. Of, yeah. And, and, that's, and the, that's the bare bones. But it's caused quite a stir, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, this is the thing. I saw it on Twitter. It was pretty, I was, I've got to say I was pretty impressed with how much my finger was on the pulse on this. I read it straight away. <laughs> I was on the plane. I was like, oh, everyone's talking about this. What's this? And I'm, here I am. In, go straight in on the plane on my large phone. And then, <laughs> and then I'm looking at it. And Your adult-sized text phone. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the plane. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, gee, oh this is a bit raunchy. Oh, oh. And there's, you know, sort of... It's like when of, you watch Game of Thrones and you've got to shield your laptop oh, from other people when the sex the scenes worst, come on. The worst, because you don't want to be that lady sitting in, like, aisle 17 and people can read over your shoulders mm. what you're reading. And I was like, Go oh, I have to, I'm going to have to <laughs> shut this down. I'm clearly going to have to... Not that it's ra- super raunchy or anything. It's actually the opposite. But, um, yeah, it's... Ooh. I read it and I, for a while I had to digest what I was trying to work out what the fuss was about and mm. the more I thought about it, the more complicated it got and the complexity that has arisen out of it and what it says about these times I think is actually what makes Cat Person fascinating. That's you just saying that, that you had to sit with it and you didn't quite know what was wrong with it and what all the fuss is about is exactly why it struck a chord because it's the, the reality is that, you know, bad behaviour or perceptions of bad behaviour or confusions around those perceptions have been so normalised that, mm. that therein lies the problem. So, you you know, I think that, I don't know, you sort of know, you know that there's something wrong, but you're kind of like, but how am I, am I reading the cues wrong? Uh, have I overreacted? He yeah. didn't do anything. So, but is he about to? All of that stuff, it just yeah. plays into that confusion, which, you know, for you and I, I think that we both feel in every part of our romantic life and even just walking down the street late at night, all of that stuff that happens and the things that play through your head every second that, you know, I've, I'm not going to generalise, but I have spoken to other male friends, particularly in this year more than any other, about those feelings and the fears that you have ingrained in every part of your work, working and, and walking life. And it doesn't exist in the in the male part of the population so much. No. It just isn't, isn't there. No, it's a really concise um, uh, microscope on the situations we've probably all found ourselves in and as women how you might deal with it and when you're reading it it feels normal and then you think about it and go that's actually not and it's not right and this is how we've been programmed to be and this is how we have been told we have to behave to please somebody even though you're uncomfortable and it's it's actually super super powerful. But men, uh, a lot of men are not enjoying reading this. No, which has been the interesting thing on the internet. And I think that raises an interesting um, an interesting perspective as well because in history it's quite often been perceived when women write about you know relationships it's trivial, but when men do, it's about the human condition, a study of the human condition. Mm. And a lot of men are going, oh, this is just you know it's just a bad date and a bit of bad sex and that's about it. But um, you're not all men, obviously. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> But um, I think it's really interesting the way people have responded to this. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And I don't think it would resonate as much had, had the Me Too stuff not happened of late. No, and that's the thing. I think I don't know if you've had any conversations of late, but I had a, an interesting interaction with um, someone the other day when I was at the SEA concert and um, they complimented me on the dress that I was wearing at the Arias. And which was your dress? Thank you for that. <laughs> no worries. 
By the way, I've dry cleaned it and I've left the tag on and it's still in the plastic so that you know that it's clean. That's fine. (laughs) I like like your sweat. I like yours too and I enjoyed wearing it at the Arias because I didn't wash it before. You gave me sweat vibes. (laughs) But he said to me, um, you know, and, and a lot of people complimented me on that dress because it's a beautiful dress and it really shimmered and it looked great. And so thank you again for that. But he said, oh, you you know, your dress was stunning at the RAs. You looked great. And then he stopped and went, am I allowed to say that? And I just went, yeah, yes, you are. And then I just thought, don't do that. Don't turn it around so that it becomes my problem because I'm the person, there, there's, a, there's a subtext there, which is kind of like, Oh, How are you we, going to respond to this? Yeah, all women are complaining about everything. I can't say anything. Everything yeah. I say is wrong. It's like, no, no, no. I think you know the difference between sexually harassing someone and complimenting them. I think that's a very clear line. And it doesn't become then my problem to then educate you or decide what's the clear line. I think there are, you know, I, I, I what this article does is very much about that grey area of perception and about signals, how to read them, how to not read too much into them. But also how But there we... are very clear lines with a lot of things and I think that, that some of that blowback from some people is very much about putting it back on women and instead of going, you know what, I'm going to actually learn how to read signals better or, or remind myself of what good behaviour is. It's like it's thrown back in the woman's corner mm. in, to, to, to basically say, oh, you know, insist that everything that you say is going to be offensive and therefore it becomes a female problem and that we have a problem with everything. And I just don't buy that and I just pushed right back at him. I said, no, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's no, this is not happening right now. Good on you. Good on you. I just really got my goat because I just thought, yeah, but give me a compliment. Absolutely. There's a difference between that and sexually harassing or saying something lewd and you know that. Don't push that back on me. Can I just say though, whether you like the story or not, whether you, you want to read it, how good is it that a short story yes. has gone viral this week, which says also says something of our times. People just clearly want to be thinking about something else mm. other than, you know, politics and the environment and all of those things. Not that this is a necessarily great thing to think about, but the fact that it is a short story that's gone viral really impresses me. And my final word, final two words, words on this. Is this like a Darren Hinge talk show? Final yeah. word from Miff Warhurst. Two final words. And I'll tell you what else I think. WTF are red vines. I need to know more about these lollies. Oh, I can tell you. I <laughs> know they're sticks, aren't they? They're, they're jelly sticks or something. Yeah, they're like a, they're, they're a candy that d- is made from a substance that was n- has never seen any sort of mm. organic process. They're like literally like eating red cable plastic Ooh. covered in sugar. Ooh, metaphor for their relationship. Hey, um, <laughs> and my, well, okay, my final words. It's called cat person. Not enough cats. They're not enough cats. Not enough cats in the story, thanks. I was robbed. Because <laughs> that's actually why I read the story. <laughs> oh, God. I love you so much. It's true, though. You got a nerve. You know you make me hate. One thing I love. You try to take away the beautiful voice of Sarah Blasco, whose name was one of the signatories on a letter. And this kind of relates to what we've just been talking about. But I wanted to take a moment just to acknowledge this letter that came out because all this year for the last six months, we've been talking about the rise in the Me Too campaign myth. And now there's been an open letter to the Australian music industry. I've also signed it. I'm one of the signatories. Yep, I signed it too. Hashtag me no more, which is pretty much, uh, as it sounds like, a, a letter to the music industry 
talking about these stories that we have. We all know someone who's got one or we've got one ourselves and just sort of saying we're passionate people dedicating our lives to music just as men are and in the face of uncountable discrimination, harassment, violence and the general menace of sexist jargon, we've gritted our teeth and gotten on with the job. But now we say no more and it's a real call to arms which details some very intense personal stories of harassment, uh, assault and a few other things. It's online and we're going to put it in the show notes. Yep. Um, but I think that the, the real takeaway from this and, again, in the, in the last six months when all the Weinstein stuff kicked off and we talked about it, I honestly thought because I've just, again, normalised it that this would just blow over and it hasn't. I'm just getting shivers thinking about it. The empowerment that I feel that it hasn't blown over, that it's just gotten bigger and bigger and the ripple effects have caused real change is for me the best thing about 2017. And it's hard to say that a highlight of 2017 is people talking about pain, but the outcome of that is just so extraordinary. I could never have imagined this would happen in my lifetime. Exactly. And I think about what happened this week with Josh Homme as well, kicking the photographer during the gig. I reckon a year ago that would have gone unnoticed. It would have been he's just being a rock and roll front man, whereas now it's straight away that woman was doing her job. She was working. She was being paid to work to take photographs and she was abused at work. And that's how it's seen now. And I think that's a huge change and a huge shift in the mentality of of what the responsibility of a pop star or a rock star is and the responsibility of the people in the music industry. And all the people behind the scenes as well, you know. Yep. Yep. And you can't you can't cover that stuff up. And Josh Homme knew it and the apology was he completely said that he said I was a I was a dick but he first said I was caught up in the moment he did the old thing of oh, like basically yeah. you know this is it's rock and roll baby that's pretty much what it was mm. I was caught in the moment it just happened yeah there was no responsibility taken but yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a great letter um and I'm really proud to be involved with it as I'm sure you are as well yeah, if totally and um you know it's going to keep rolling heads are going to keep rolling it's so fascinating to watch. It's harrowing, but it's also, and I'm not sitting here with a bloody box of popcorn. It's not sport to me. This is, you know, it's awful. It's awful that people are also needing to dredge up past pains and talk about yeah. them to hold these people accountable. Yeah. But I'm I'm so glad that it's happening. And I'm most of all, it's going to change the way that young women think about well, what is acceptable. That's the most important thing, you know. I mean, we always got into music simply because, and I'm sure it's for every other industry as well, because we loved it. And I think you nailed it when you said it on um, ABC News Breakfast. You know, we get into this because we love it, not because we want to be groupies or, Mm. you know, it's not just fandom. This is what we love and this is what we choose to do as our work and our space should be just as safe for us and just as accommodating for us as it is for men who've, you know, enjoyed that space for a long time. And if this makes change for the next generation who are coming through, I'm so happy about that. Me too. Oh, man. You know what I feel like right now? What? A Vegemite Icy Pole. Yes! So excited. I cannot believe this. I'm really, really wrapped about you this. You are messed up. I'm no, looking at the ingredients not. for this and it's disgusting. It's, it's not like disgusting. something that you would use to haze someone. Mate. It was like ha- a dare you have eating a, this. You're sitting there in your Sydney hip cafe having a salted <laughs> caramel whatnot. 
something with some ice cream. What is the difference between that and... I did buy some avocado ice cream a couple of nights ago. Thanks for asking. There you go. What is the difference between that and a Vegemite icy pole? Sure, it's just a bit salty. Well, and, but still just as ice creamy. The scrapings of the bottom of a beer barrel combined with <laughs> sh- sugar and milk is one thing that makes it different. Mm, no, Look, I'm so here for this. The Vegemite have decided that they are going to make Vegemite icy poles and I reckon it's going to be amazing. <laughs> are they actually going to make them or is it just sort of a fun idea that is causing people like us to talk about it and therefore promote their product on air? Pretty much. <laughs> that's probably it. But they did they did go through with the um, Vegemite and cheese and meat pie. Yeah. I think. That, was, that was a recent innovation that uh, was hugely <laughs> successful. I, I'm, I definitely... <laughs> The, the the little uh the the little rabbit ears what do you call them in parentheses the talking marks yeah I can't talk it's December quotation quotation thing. marks there we are the quotation marks were around that word oh. innovation just then yeah I lo- I used that wisely <laughs> <laughs> two and a third cups of caster sugar mm-hmm. half a cup of cocoa, cocoa quarter cup of honey two tablespoons of Vegemite delicious corn flour vanilla milk mm. thickened cream that's whipped mm. they're the ingredients and you basically Sounds just good. Shake it all about and then freeze until firm. All right, you, you certainly know, wouldn't want to have a Vegemite milkshake, would you? But an icy pole is fine. I would. I like, I'm such a fan of the savoury and I'm so here for this. And can you imagine, right, think about this. And um, it is the festive season. Some of us have been turning up a little bit shabbier than usual. Oh, yeah. Not that I'm encouraging that kind of behaviour. But what gets you through normally is Vegemite toast. It's okay. True. So, you know, when you just got to get out of the house and you've you got to have something and you be- Vegemite toast, slather it on, that's good. The salt just brings you back. Can you imagine being able to just drop by your local friendly server? <laughs> On the way to work and just bring in a little icy pole, no one will ever know. (laughs) And you've got your salt fix, you've got your Vegemite fix and you haven't even had to cook toast. I love it. You're onto something. Do you know that I once came across VB gelato? Oh. It was horrible. I'd try it. (laughs) Get your passport and your bikini. You need a holiday. Come see me. I know you're tired of the same old scenery. Can I just tell you, just know that every year when I end up my year on the Dizzy radio. Rascal ends it. I, well, <laughs> it too. pretty much does. But then I also know that as I'm leaving the ABC, I'm just strutting and that's in my head. Get a passport and a bikini. It's the best exit the song from a workplace. Song. It's the greatest. I love it. I love it. I used it too. And the rave holiday. breakdown in it as well. Yeah. Oh, makes so me happy. Good. Where are you going on holidays? Going to Japan. Super excited. And you forgot and about it, didn't you? I forgot. <laughs> well, I had a it's been a busy year, Zan. Um I had a um I had some uh, I bought some of those cheapo tickets mid year to go to Vietnam and I couldn't go. So I got a gift voucher, I guess you call it. Oh nice. For that and um a credit note. A credit note, that's it, not a gift voucher. And I just put in let's go to Japan, let's do that. So I used those and I'd f- sort of forgot about it. Have you booked a place to stay? Not yet. Okay, cool. That's fine. Uh, Not a very busy time of year, so it should be fine. You'll find accommodation. I just think you'd hate going on holidays with me, wouldn't you, (laughs) Zan? Well, you know, that said, I am usually crazy prepared, but this year, again, it's been um, hectic and Mm. I luckily have booked some accommodation and obviously booked my flights, but I've got no plans. Yeah, I want to talk to you about Hawaii because you've got to go to my Elvis resort. 
That's so weird that you said that because I'm literally staying at a guest house and yeah. the room is called the Elvis room. Is it? <laughs> yes. We oh are too, too in tune. I love it. What's this Elvis resort? Well, there was a resort that he filmed Blue Hawaii in, which oh, looks yeah. amazing on, on screen. Terribly, terribly, you know, trashy and tiki and all those magnificent. Because you know how in the, in the 60s they were obsessed with the South Pacific. Yeah. So everything was, was all of that. And they filmed it there. But a cyclone went through it about uh, 1980 or something. And now it's like deserted and it's still there. The shell of it's still there. And I've always wanted to go for some reason. I don't know why. That sounds like my vibe. I'd love to go and just check it out and it'd be really creepy and just, you know, just get Elvis vibes. And also just Because everyone needs Elvis vibes. Everyone needs Elvis vibes. Vintage Hawaii as well, yeah. like just, you know, old school 60s Hawaii vibes. Absolutely. I'm going to be doing shuckers the whole time I'm there. Yay. Mahalo. So, so no plans, just lying around? Lying around. I'm going to maybe do some walks, um, drink some pina coladas Ladas. and go dancing in the rain. Because I think it is going to rain while I'm over there. It sucks. Oh, really? It doesn't. I don't care. Doesn't matter. As long as I'm doing nothing, and I'm thinking about reading Harry Potter for the first time. Oh, whoa! <laughs> Mic drop. Watch- I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you can just watch the movies on the plane, mate. I'm going to watch movies on the plane as well. No, just the Harry Potter ones. Oh, so right. you reading all those books. <laughs> oh, apparently, they're magical. Yes. Ben Law's just been at me to read them, so I just got. He's like, they're all about the death of childhood. And that's what I want to do on my holidays. I want to read about the death of childhood. <laughs> oh no! Uh, but yeah, very very excited. We're going to have a nice little break and come back super super peachy keen and Refreshed. ready for 2018. In fact, a heads up, Bang On will be returning. We've mentioned it before. But around January 2018 is when we're going to be hitting your ears again. If Probably you, closer to the end, let's be honest. If you <laughs> get a passport <laughs> and a bikini. If you haven't yet subscribed, there's going to be um, a good reason for you to do just that. So if you're Ooh. in your phone right now, just click subscribe if you're listening to it through, through your podcast app because we're going to stuff your stocking and not in a sexy way. Yeah, We're going to give you a... <laughs> Yuck. A little extra episode. Yuck. I'm going to stuff your stock in good, love. (laughs) Get a dog up you. Now that I know it's not wrong, I can say that. Get out. I can't believe you're offended by me. You take it heaps more to wrong (laughs) than I do. (laughs) Anyway, a little uh, little bonus coming to you before the end Mm. of the week if you are a subscriber. So, Christmas. Oh. Is your tree up yet, Miff? I am going away, so I don't need to oh, put a tree up. Miff, what are you banging on about this week? Oh, I forgot about that. What a surprise. Jesus. I really thought we'd, I really thought we'd finished. <laughs> already out the door. Come back. Oh, really? Come on. Oh, no, this is good actually. I just watched it the other day. I've been meaning to for a while because I've been hearing about it and seeing the promos on uh, your old Stan streaming service. Mm. It's called Smilf, which is a terrible title for what is a fantastic show. Um, I think we all know what the term MILF stands for. Single, single mothers, and, and I'd like to. Yeah, single right. mothers. I'd, yeah, so she's a single mother. The actor's name, I'm not, look, I'm not familiar with it because I didn't watch Mr. Robot, but um, Frankie Shaw is her name, Bridget. Okay. She plays the main character of Bridget. Rosie O'Donnell is the mum in this drama and it's called a comedy, but oh my goodness, it's not funny. It's not funny at all and it's grim and it's dark. But in a good way? 
in a good way, in a in a fascinating way. You know, these are the stories that well, she's a single mum, obviously, and the struggle that it is. But it's done in a kind of such a clever way that that you want to watch it. But at the same time, it's one of the grimmest things I've seen, as well. So it hurts to watch. But it's great to see these stories being told this way rather than just as a comedy or, you know, like an out-and-out gag fest. It's it's really dark. It's way darker than I thought it was going to be. And it's really clever. Uh, the structure of the shows is quite often interesting. They turn narrative on its head. And, yeah, it's it, it's well worth your time, I think. Half an Go- hour episodes or hour episodes? I can't even remember. I watched them all together. <laughs> don't know. 20 I minutes, I took it to maybe. Mazapam and it just flew by. <laughs> I wish you got any. I think it's half an hour. I gotta fly. Bang Boy is just saying, uh, yeah. Got Did it. Bang Boy like it? Let's get him on. No, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Let's weird. get him on. <laughs> so this is this is this a bloody telethon that we've just gather entered into? Round, <laughs> gather round, it's Christmas. Come and sit around the tree with us. Bang so Boy. This is Christmas. What have you done? Have you got a question to ask me? No, I forgot. What are you banging on? <laughs> I'm banging on about Tonightly, Tom Ballard. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, and you know, you the tone in your voice is exactly the same as mine because we both know Tom. Tom's actually a very good friend of mine and the relief that when your friend creates something yeah. that's good, it, it cannot be understated, but it is brilliant and Tom is incredibly smart. This is a guy who was ducks of his school, could have been a lawyer, decided to be a comedian and he just really excels at capturing the world as it is and particularly with a show like that which is literally taking the day's events and what's happening everywhere, kind of like Bang On but a lot more turbo and everyday and on the television and spitting it back in these brilliant monologues that he starts his show with, just his stand-up which I love on screen every night on ABC Comedy and then all these different skits with his um, writers and performers that he has, including Greg Larson and Brady O'Connell and just a wonderful collection of really talented writers and, and comedians. And I love it. I'm, so, I'm yeah. so happy that it's brilliant and it's already kind of, you know, a week and a half in and finding its feet in the big, biggest of ways and yeah. they're bloody nailing it. So it's great to watch it. Uh, yeah, 9 p.m. It's I know this sounds bad, but it's kind of like I get home and just watch that while I'm kind of sorting out my life in the background and it's a wonderful way to defrag at the end of the day and then pass out in bed. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I concur. It's, it's, it's really great and I'm particularly loving – the skits as well that mm. they do. I don't even know if you call them skits anymore. Does that make me sound like I'm from 1987? No, we can say, I think we um, know what skits mean. Yeah, um, it's they're brilliant. They're really well written and just funny. And yep, watch it. He's going to be go- do. yeah. He's going to be going through. I think they're taking a little break over the kind of Christmas period. But it's if you haven't checked it out yet, it's 9 p.m. on ABC Comedy and it's good. Sketches. Thank I think God. the word is sketches. Skit- oh no, skits is what they put on hip hop albums, don't they, to flesh yeah. out the track listing? Yeah. <laughs> skits. What a great way to end. (laughs) We started strong, we're ending strong. Merry Christmas, Miffy. Oh, Merry Christmas. What do you want for Christmas? You to ask me what I'm banging on about in 2018. Oh, no, that's never going to (laughs) happen. What what do you really want for Christmas? All I want for Christmas is you. on another year over a new year just begun is that the words we'll go with that whatevs double j